Everyone seems to get a day in our country. And of course, this is the day in our nation where we've decided to call it Mother's Day. Next month, there's a Father's Day. There's a Grandparents' Day sometime or another. Last month, there was even a Siblings' Day. And I'm guessing, I'm a little bit cynical, but I'm guessing that the Hallmark Company loves all of those days. But setting aside the commercialism of the whole thing, it is good to give honor where honors due. So recognizing and appreciating mothers is a good thing. Mothers are generally the first to love us, to hold us, to shape us. I was blessed with a wonderful mother, and I've got lots of great memories of, of her. One in particular that stands out, uh, I, I was away at college, and it managed to make what seemed to me anyway at the time, uh, a total mess of things. So not sure what to do or what the response would be. I called home and uh, kind of told this sad story about how life had come undone and how I had totally messed everything up. And there was this pause on the other end of the line. And finally, a gentle voice said, come home. Uh, and suddenly, upon hearing those two words, I knew that somehow things would turn out all right, that there would still a future, that I wasn't abandoned or rejected, or uh, they hadn't broken my plate and erased my memory. Uh, there was still a place for me. And I've never forgotten those two words spoken to me almost 50 years ago. But as we all know, relationships can be complicated or awkward or sometimes even painful. And those complications can go both ways between mothers and children, right? Parent-child relationships in general, they can be wonderful or they can feel like minefields of misunderstanding that are difficult to navigate even though mothers are intended to be a wonderful part of creation and to be a gift and blessing from God created in God's image. Yet, there are no perfect mothers, regardless of how wonderful we may think they are, because like the rest of us, mothers are human and as such are subject to sin, to brokenness, and to their own woundedness. And we see the, 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 that play out in Scripture. We see both the best and worst of mothers play out in, in that story. We see the mother of Moses defying Pharaoh, doing whatever it takes to ensure the life and well-being of, of baby Moses in the basket in the Nile, risking it all so that he can live. We see Hannah praying for a son and at a very young age, dedicating him to the service of the Lord, making that sacrifice. We see the widow of Zarephath, a woman who stands outside the faith of Israel, modeling faith for her young son by sharing the last of their food with the prophet Elijah. And thanks to Luke and Paul McCartney, Mother Mary comes to us speaking words of wisdom. Let it be to me, according to your will. And we see the other side too, don't we? We see Sarah cruelly sending Hagar and Ishmael into the wilderness in order to gain some advantage for her own son, Isaac. We see Rebekah 
conspiring with her favorite son Jacob to deceive her husband Isaac and steal the birthright from her other son Esau. Talk about some family dysfunction there. In the New Testament, we hear Salome's mother tell her daughter to ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter, manipulating her daughter for her own purposes. We remember the plotting of, of the mother of James and John, wanting them to be given the positions of power at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. And some, and we know about somehow in Rahab's checkered past, she ends up in the ancestry.com lineage of Jesus. So mothers are a mixed lot, just like the rest of us. So where do you find this perfect model of a mother? Well, let me, let me suggest the perfect model of motherhood is God's own self. Oh, I know that might sound like crazy talk to think of God as mother. But I was doing some early reading this morning, and I came across these words by a French philosopher, Pierre Teilhard de Jardin. For us, he says, God is eternal discovery and eternal growth. The more we think we understand God, the more God reveals himself as otherwise. So perhaps I can ask you to let this this morning be one of those times of otherwise, of understanding God, perhaps from a, a slightly new perspective. Everyone knows that God is Father, but here's the thing, God's Spirit. God cannot be contained within a specific gender. If Scripture doesn't come out and say that, it certainly seems to allude to it when at creation Scripture declares God created both women and men, male and female, in God's image. As if to say, God isn't confined or limited to maleness or femaleness or even gender at all, but it's much bigger than all of that. So God has qualities of both fathers and mothers and as we look at it, the writers of Scripture pretty much bear witness to that. Here are some of the verses from the life of Israel. Isaiah, listen to me. You who have been born by me from birth and have been carried from the womb, I have done it, and I will carry you, and I will bear you, and I will deliver you. God seems to be both mother and midwife in some way here. God is the one who carries the child Israel to term, is the one who gives birth to her, is the one who delivers her. Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget. Yes, some mothers may forget. But God, with the compassion of a mother, will not, says Isaiah. And again, 
God says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, Israel. Scripture can speak of the arm of God as strong and mighty to save. But here, Isaiah says, enfolded in the maternal arms of God is a place of comfort and rest. God is very motherly in this way. And then Ezekiel. And this is a graphic chapter, if not the most graphic passage in uh, Scripture. And so we'll just read the first couple of verses. As for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut. Nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in clothes. No eye pitied you to do any of these things for you out of compassion for you. But you were thrown out in the open field. You were abhorred on the day you were born. I passed by you and saw you flailing about in your blood. And as you lay in your blood, I said to you, Live and grow up like a plant in the field. You grew up and became tall and arrived at full womanhood. God in this passage is the parent to the child no one wants. Is the one who finds her and adopts her and nurtures her and becomes a mother to her. This is the God that Israel new. And Jesus, in his own way, coming into the city of Jerusalem, overlooking it, says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen, a mother hen, gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not Willing, Jesus himself shows the tenderness of a mother toward his people. So scripture paints uh, this picture of a God with the characteristics of a mother if we're willing to see it. But there's another place where God as mother has been reflected upon to a great deal. More than one writer has written about the Holy Spirit as having the characteristics of mother. So consider this. The Spirit is referred to in Scripture as a comforter, an advocate, a guide, a source of love and joy, a disciplinarian, a presence of peace, and a source of strength. The Spirit intercedes for us with groans and prayers and gives us dreams and visions of what might be. And all of these things are roles that good mothers fill. But there's more. Consider the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, 
self-control. That all sounds to me anyway like a perfect model of what it means to be called mom. So what am I suggesting? Am I trying to convince you to begin addressing God as mother? Not at all. The point is that God can be described in maternal terms. Not because God is female any more than God is male, but because maternal, motherly traits say something true about God and about our experience of God. If the image of God is reflected in being created both male and female, then we need a view of God that includes both of those realities. So here are some things that you might consider out of all this. If you've been blessed with a wonderful mother, honor her and give thanks that she modeled for you some of the characteristics of a God who loves you more than you can imagine and let your experiences of a gracious mother infuse your view of God. On the other hand, if your experience of mother is difficult or painful, why then recognize and acknowledge your mother's human brokenness and inadequacies as well as your own and move toward the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, allowing the maternal love of the Spirit of God to hold you and sustain you and to shape your life in ways that perhaps your own mother was unable to. And also, deliberately look in your life for God playing the role of mother. Mothers give birth. They bring life into the world. They give their body to feed their young. They nurture and they sustain their children. They teach. They offer wisdom. They console. They bind up wounds. They fiercely protect those whom they love. Mothers hold children regardless of their age forever in their hearts. They always hope, believe, endure, and cherish each moment of their child's journey. And all of this is what God does. Coming into our world, pregnant with life, abundant life, willing to die in order to give birth to that life, refusing to give up on you, but persevering toward the maturation of the child until that child shines like stars in the universe. And lastly, when you've made a mess of things, 
when there seems to be no way forward and the future is uncertain, rest assured you can turn to God and listen for the gentle voice that will always say those two words, come home. And those, my friends, are words we all need to hear. Let's stand and sing.